You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 219th episode, Shawamigan Eve of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston. You guys, I can't wait to destroy you at Shawamigan. Well, yeah, you might, but guys, I think I might, I think you might have to kick me off the pod. I might have to tender my resignation uh, beforehand because... Too scared. I today, I today did a cross race, and uh, turns out I lost the sprint for sixteenth. Uh, <laughs> came into the finish, uh, had a guy closing on me. I tried to drop him on the uh, the fast loose rock descent on the way down, and uh, I had a couple seconds on him, but he had much more in the tank than me, and was uphill finish. And I got beat pretty good at the line. He came past me quick. I couldn't hold him off. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm really I mean, sorry. So I, don't like, know if, I don't think the apology is enough to do it, though. Well, that's why I wanted to get this off my chest, uh, top of the show, and just make sure uh, we were cool, or maybe you guys needed to maybe fly Abby so, into yeah. Dushwamigan in my place or something. Well, that would be a, kind of a ringer for you, uh, so we don't want to go that route. Um Oh, but it, all right, Tank, it, that secret backdoor plan fails. Yeah, but it sounds like you were well aware that you were in 16th place in this race. No, I wasn't, actually. I wasn't. I, I just knew that I I knew I was somewhere in that zone. It wasn't until I went and looked at the results and was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I got 17th. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but but you still failed. No, I did. I did. <laughs> but I didn't want to. <laughs> No, well, I wanted to get I, much better than seventeenth. Trust me. Sure, little guy. <laughs> I I wanted to be a professional bike racer when I was growing up, and I didn't. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I tried. You know, I raced. Did you guys race this weekend? Uh, actually, test the legs at all. Well, I did a charity ride, and you know how those okay. things go. You know, you get that kind of front group. You get a little front. At, it was a sixty mile, um, or as they say, a metric century of a uh, fundraiser ah. for for camp boggy Creek here in Orlando, yeah, which is a uh, soft yeah. century. Yeah. And yeah. there's, it was fun. I was kind of in that, that lead group for 62 so of the 64 miles. I got dropped well, kind of near the end, oh, but I, Tim. but I figure hmm. I saw a little argy bargy up there. What's going on? What got you spit a, out? I, uh, you know, just the electrolytes. I just didn't have the management of the liquids as, uh, as good as I uh, wanted. Yeah. Um, so Schwamigan, we've been talking about this for a good six, seven months. We've been we've we've known the existence of Schwamigan for collectively for how long we've been riding bikes. I mean, at least eighteen yeah. years competitively or kind of quasi competitively, we've all been kind of involved with this that we thought we would know and actually attend it. So now we're attending it. Um, my it's my folks' cabin. Um, let you know that they're selling the cabin after Schwamigan. Oh. Like we. So we I, have I haven't to burn talked it down. to my 
literally yeah, we can it's rager oh total rager i know my dad is probably <laughs> listening to this right now and he's like man i haven't had a rager since i was in the fraternity at iowa state university i can't wait to burn it down with my boy and his and his two buds and they don't even know that big matt's coming which is gonna be oh mm-hmm. insane so it's a little weird um i've never even been to this cabin and so the one time I go, it's going to be uh, the last time we're going to have to help my parents move some stuff out. Uh, just letting you guys know. Um, this sounds like a trade. trap. This whole Schwamigan yeah. thing sounds like a trap. This has been a long time. So like supposedly, it. supposedly they put the cabin up for sale and then the, they got like a bite right away. The guy was like, I'll take it. I want it for mm. this week of August. And my parents were like, uh, no, um, it actually, you can't close on it till after Schwamigan because <laughs> these jerks are going to be coming up here to put on a rager oh, well, that's in a podcast. Very nice of your parents to, uh, hold off on selling their cabin. So if anyone us. wants to come to the Hayward 2018 phone party, um, mm-hmm. in uh, Schwamigan, hit us up. It's going to be insane. It sounds pretty good. Um, um, so I'm very excited. I, as you guys know, I'm still sleepless nights here in Orlando because I don't know if I'm going to have my single speed or if I'm going to take uh, Mr. Matt Leisinger, friend of the pod, up on his salsa spearfish. Um, he, he, I saw him today at the cross race. He says he's going to have that bike dialed for you. He's oh, he's going to yeah. have one good booby trap in it, I'm assuming. Yeah. I, th- I assume that's what he meant by dialed. So is that he's let's get back to detention one of the spokes. Was this sprint for yeah. 16th place, the accumulative mile count going into that sprint at about 8.7 miles? Like we were just a little bit before the nine mile limit when your bike is going to explode at Schwamigan and I'm going to pass you I'll, and ask if you need no, any help. Di- but then when you say yes, I'm already going to be past you. I mean, possibly it's a different bike. And I got to say, surprisingly, cross bike held together second ride of the season on freshly glued tubulars. Um, everything worked for the most part. I dropped my chain a few times, but I've got one of these nifty new devices <laughs> No, check it out. I got one of these nifty new devices uh, they offer for the front where um, you can move the chain without putting your hand down or anything. It's called a front derailleur. Oh. Uh, not many people in the race had them, but I've got one. So my chain came off uh, a couple times and I just uh, moved one of my fingers and it went right back on. Like, d- didn't even have to take my hands off the bars. It's a cool device. I'm thinking it's maybe a, Shram. I could see guy. if Shram would buy the patent from me. No. Interesting. Now, no one else can really see what this recording situation looks like right now, but yeah, I'm you, holding two phones were, right now in a dungeon. You kind of look like Ted Kaczynski in a cabin, but you're in like the basement. Is the bike that you're going to be having at Schwamigan there behind you the contraption of all contraptions? Can you see? Can you see a little bit of this? I I, I did position myself just enough that you guys would get a peek at the build. Now. I'll admit the build, I still haven't finished the build because I have been doing things like wanting to race this cross race. So I had to put my cross bike together and that took a little time. Uh, you guys know how those campy levers go. Uh, so I'm racing this silver thing back here. Maybe you guys can kind of see it. Oh, no, oh, it's no, gone. I can see see, it. Giving Do you a little again, peek. Please. Right, screen uh-huh. grab. Do you see it? Got it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's screen grab. I like this. Uh, let me just yeah. say, get the, uh, I'm forensic scientist. Like Spencer, it. the only thing you need to worry about is me at this point. I mean, yeah. I think nah. you and I are in this. Uh, so, so um, I, on this charity ride, I was going to go this. So I was talking to um, 
David from David World Cycle, one of the largest Trek dealers in the country, and he's like, "Oh, Schwamigan, I've always wanted to go to that because it's so you know Trek has been sponsoring it for all these years, and um, Trek Week is coming up, and he, he can't make it, but he was uh, he's like, "Hey, where are you, where are you guys going to start?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, you know, we're in the back corral," and he's like, "Oh, do you want me to make some calls?" And uh, take care of you to go to the front. <laughs> I got to admit, guys, I was this close to uh, taking him up on it, but then not telling you guys mm-hmm. about it. So, like, I could be in, like, front one or two corral, and then you guys would be like, where's Tim? Cheap. And then I'm just, I'm gone. I'm 45 it, minutes ahead of you by the time you even get into Rosie's Field. It wouldn't matter by the end. You know that. <laughs> That's probably what you're... Deep in your heart, why you didn't go through with it? Deep you in the heart, at the yeah. end of the yeah. day, it would be... that's a dangerous game. Yeah. You're right, Spencer. Like if he does that, and then we still beat him. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, we're working together to get bad. him after that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, you know that. Yeah, there's we we don't care about our personal results. We'll come across the line holding hands at that point. Um, but it's all about being you. <laughs> all right. So, so Spencer um, yeah. is the niner dialed in the uh, the, the it, full suspension you you you're feeling good it is dialed so little guy i we still don't know what bike you're riding but i'm gonna guess it has 10 or less speeds on it and less. if uh if tim goes with the single speed then collectively i will have more gears on my bike than you have on both of yours <laughs> combined <laughs> um, yeah it's possible because the niner uh recently got an upgrade uh from its uh, uh sad uh, group set situation to uh, an 11 speed uh, SRAM XO um, group set. So new new chain, new cassette, new rear derailleur, new shifter, new cables. Oh. Um, so is it a one by? It is. It is primed and ready to go. It is a one by. Yeah. How big is the rear? Co- like the biggest rear cog? Like what? <laughs> how big is that pizza uh, plate in the back? I feel like it's a 42. 42. Oh my god. All right. All right. God, that's weird. I'm I'm still such. Uh, a roadie in the way I want to set up bikes that I, it, it boggles my mind and I know it makes sense in situations like it would have made sense in the cross race today when I had a 26 in back 39 26 and I was hurting up those steep steep little hills by yeah. the end and people were spinning but it I look at these bikes and I'm like that's you're not allowed to do that <laughs> yeah. just just from an aesthetics point of view like it should be Im- it used to be embarrassing if you showed up with a gear that big, but also so, people used to ride five gears or whatever. You yeah. Know, well, Schwamigan is around the corner. We're going to get up there Friday. Uh, going to get our registration, get ready to race yeah. Saturday, 11 a.m. It starts. Uh, we will be in the very back corral. If you see us, the three of us will be in our wide angle podium uh, jersey. Um, yep. Naturally, yep. I'll be wearing baggies because it's a mountain bike race. So, uh, <laughs> you know. I hope you are. Look for, look for the good looking guy. We'll be in the baggies. Um I, yep. Guys, I, I'm pretty excited, but if you see us, please say hi, um, and then afterwards, we'll be hanging around the finish line. We'll probably have our uh, recording gear, and uh, it'd be great to uh, uh, talk to, to people. But um, I, I hate to say it, but we are kind of burying the lead a little bit. We're not being so... Uh, I think the biggest thing in cycling this week, news-wise, is definitely the lead-in to Schwam again uh, <laughs> for this podcast. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I, I, it was it was going to be the top item. There until, are so many storylines to this right now. There, there's the thread of little guy's bike. Is it going to be ready in time? There's what bike is Tim going to ride? It's it's how many minutes <laughs> is Spencer going to win by? Like all kinds of things that people just don't know the answers to yet. Uh, what what else? What else in the world of mountain bikes could be more exciting this week than that, Tim? 
Uh, well, I mean, when you put it that way, not much. Uh, <laughs> everything right. was going good until uh, Kate Courtney decided to win the UCI Mountain Bike World Championships in the uh, on Saturday. And did she? Wow, that, that was, was pretty what? awesome. That um, was so good. Now did, did, I know, I know. Uh, a few weeks ago on this very show, Tim, I ranted and raved about how good the women's cross country race was at La Bresse. Yes. And you went back and watched that. Yes. And we, we really didn't, we never talked about that. That was an awesome race, by the it way. It was incredible. The, the World Cup it was, final. It was mind blowing. It was so good. Yolanda Neff, uh, just stunned. There was, there was so much back and forth in that race. It was incredible. And I went into the world championship, uh, women's cross country race thinking, well, we saw the show last week. We saw the grand finale. What are they going to do? Like, this race is going to be not as... It can't live up to La Bresse. And I sort of thought it wasn't going to. But then... See, Spencer, I, I tread lightly a little bit here. Because La Bresse was by far the best race I have ever seen on a mountain bike. Oh, um, yeah. Better, better than the Rio... Or was it... When was the Olympics when Kohavi's uh, like saddle broke off his bike and he still got third? That was a pretty good men's Olympic race. But Yolanda Neff winning the World Cup in that style and yep. yep. World Cup rewards consistency. Here's my sure. question. On Saturday, fantastic race. Like, no doubt. Um, I'm not saying it is a more exciting race. I'm saying it it managed to live up to the hype of the week before, like that being the exciting race to watch for the weekend. And I think so it was. It was it was a it was an exciting race, but Annika Langved was so far off the front for the longest time that you thought it was just in the bag. And I understand that. And then Kate Courtney brings her back, and then there was Emily uh, Batty of Canada also there, right? Here's my question. If it wasn't Kate Courtney winning in such a way would we be having this conversation that it's on par with what happened at Labrest the week before? Because I would say no. Mm. I would say that question. I'm very into Kate Courtney winning, and it was an I, awesome race, but yeah. it wasn't as good as the World Cup final. That it race was, was insane. See, Labrest was crazy from start to finish. This yes. race was crazy on the last lap. Um, and I think it would have been exciting either. Like, you replace any of those top three people with any other three people and like a race that pans out the way that that did with the foot down with a, a third of a yeah. lap to go and the catch and the, and the get dropped again and the recatch and all that, that was nail biting stuff. That or was the a, why the, we the watch bike racing. Like, the AB line where that, I was screaming at my television every single time. Like <laughs> you cannot be a world champion if you don't take the A line, that's not fair. So, and then world, the fate, of the world came to be and it smote uh Annika Langveld for taking the B line yeah. repeatedly. Now Spencer, and, uh, did you watch it live? Uh I watched the replay about a half an hour after it happened because I okay. woke up late. But uh, little guy, did you watch live. it live? Like did you know what happened before no, I, you were watching it? I did not know what happened before I watched though. No. So I, I did didn't watch it live. So I knew because I got done with the charity ride and I turn on Twitter like an idiot and I see Kate Courtney's like tweet retweeted world champion and i'm Aww, like you ruined it i was taken back i was like seriously like the, this no like did yolanda neff not show up like like my instant thought process was like who wasn't there like what happened who had the mechanical because i right. i didn't even think about kate courtney the week before when 
that that battle was going on and then right. to watch the race. So I watched it from start to finish. I had long, young Heimar there with me. Um, Sarah was coming in and out and I didn't know when it was going to happen. And the whole time <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting, like, come on, Kate, like, I know you're going to win. Like, I know you're going to win. Like, I want to yeah. see this. And then it's on the last lap in such the manner. It was actually a really cool what? way to watch it. Like I had, yeah. I was under the assumption yeah. that Neff like dropped out before the start. Or you know what I mean? Like I just assumed that something that it wasn't mm-hmm. Kate Courtney's skills that got her to win, just because of the dominant fashion of uh, Yolanda Neff all year and sure. Langvad and everybody. And then to see how Kate Courtney did it, I was like, man, talk about peaking at the right time of year. Awesome race! I was totally sold. I was stoked. And that's yeah. That's kind of what it was. Like yeah. you, you said, the uh, the World Cup is all about consistency. But the World Championships, same as it is on uh, on the roadside. Like you just got to be good one day. <laughs> you know, that's like. And then uh, that and that Red Bull coverage is so damn good. I mean, it was like you know, yeah. this, and they had that interview with uh, Yolanda Neff before the start about like you know, the fans and everything. And she was talking about how like World Cup is all about consistency and she didn't know about that day. Um, mm-hmm. The crowds were absolutely insane on both the Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Cause I watched today, I watched the downhill and on the women's side of the downhill, Rachel Atherton like won by like 10 seconds. It wasn't even close. It was awesome. Nice. Pre- we're yeah. easily the, the greatest downhill um, racer that that I've ever come across. I mean, she won in dominating fashion. That was pretty cool to see. I think it's like her sixth national or world championship. And then on the men's cross country side on Saturday, Nino Scherter wins mm-hmm. over um, uh, the the guy from Italy that like I'm <laughs> another like another guy. Well, it's the guy from Italy Nino that Schurter I'm like <laughs> beat another guy, and then Vanderpool was next. Well, yeah. well no, that's, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. but, but the guy from Italy, like I I'm not a diehard mountain bike fan. I just watched the World Cup. Yeah. But whenever I hear the name Gerhard Kirschbomber, I'm not thinking of Italy. Like, yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh, mm. Kirschbomber. Like, oh, that's the guy that, uh, you know, is that the guy from Germany that wears baggies? You know, like, is what I'm thinking. Like, Fumic. And and then it's the Italian guy. And then in third place, little known Matthew Vanderpool, who put on quite the show. And he was guy? like, he was like a minute and a half down and got within like, what, 17 seconds? It was pretty cool to see. Um, nice. So Peter Sagan will still yeah. say he doesn't know who he is. Um, this is a guy that just got third at the European uh, Championships in uh, Glasgow on the road and then goes to the World Mountain Bike Championships, gets third after starting in, what, the th- second or third row? Um, is he that far back still? Yeah, he, he can't be that far back still. I think he's second row. He wasn't on the first row. Hmm. Um, wow. But he's pretty far after the whole shot. But Nino Scherter wins. And he's arguably one of the greatest mountain bikers of all time after this run that he's been putting in for the last like oh, year yeah. or two. I mean, <laughs> and no, that was in fine. front of the home crowd. And what's crazy is I was surprised that there was only one Swiss guy on the podium because I just assumed that it was going to be a podium sweep of Switzerland and then maybe Vanderpool on the wide angle. Um, yeah, it's, but uh, it's not quite like cyclocross in Belgium. Uh, the the mountain bike scene, you know. Well, and then mm-hmm. the crowds insane they were like six seven deep throughout the whole course i i mean oh i want mountain biking to be really really big in the u.s again because it's insane it's so much fun to watch um and then on the mountain bike uh the downhill for the uh the men louis uh bruni of france wins over the belgian guy martin mace and i was watching that i was like belgian has downhill it's like people saying (laughs) that like someone from florida rides a downhill bike i was like wow that's cool i guess (laughs) 
I was kind of pulling for that guy. Yeah. So anyways, pulling for the Flatlanders. You see, I, how do you guys think of uh, the World Championships in mountain biking being the week after the World Cup? Is that normal? Because I kind of like this, like immediately right after the season. So you kind of got this. Do you go for the uh, World Cup and then you go, or do you go dial it in like Kate Courtney did for the the World Championships? Yeah. Yeah, I have it's a good time. Yeah, I have no idea if that's how it normally is. I don't pay close okay. enough attention to mountain bike, but um, yeah, it, it seems pretty cool to me. Like, you know, you you cap off the season and then you then you throw the world championship on top. It's like icing on the cake, you know. Like, so. I can't think of a better prize in all of sports than the wearing the rainbow stripes of the world champion. Like for yeah. a unique thing in cycling, that yeah. is the coolest coolest thing that you can have you have a jersey that's unique and you got the five stripes it's so absolutely. good absolutely absolutely um, and it's so it's so rad that uh kate courtney was able to win that it's going to be rad to see it in the united states racing you know like my 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 biggest regret now like at the ten dollar um, mountain bike race at buck hill we'd see the world yeah champion. yeah exactly like <laughs> my biggest regret now is that she was here um in boston for the boston rebellion uci cross race a couple years ago and I had my recorder and I was trying to get, uh, you know, our pre-lap uh, sound bites from, from celebrity athletes. And I just chickened out. I couldn't do it. And, uh, I could have got a Kate Courtney, um, slow ride drop and I did not. And now, now I'm sad to say that we do not have a world championship, uh, winning cyclist, um, for our uh, free black <laughs> we, breaks. We probably never will. No, <laughs> like you, that was our you. one shot. <laughs> I blew it. That was probably, yeah. 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 Well, it was pretty cool to see. Definitely a highlight of the weekend besides yeah. the buildup to Schwamigan naturally. Yeah. Um, so yeah. let's get into... Second. A close oh, second ahead. for Schwamigan. Yeah, yeah, d- yeah close, close second. second. Um, let's get into a little bit of the... Uh, let's see where we are. Actually... Huh. How about this? Let's talk about the UCI races in Canada this past week. Tom Schoons gets a uh, solid 13th place. And what do you know, yep. um, winning both races in uh, in Montreal, little-known uh, rider Michael Matthews. Uh, do you guys want to talk at all mm-hmm. about uh, this big race up there in Canada? Mm, no, I think we should go to the pre-lap. Yeah, I think we should I go mean, to the pre-lap, too. Time-wise, we've got a lot of other things to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Let's, let's get on that pre-lap. Let's get out of here. Yeah. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to this low ride podcast. Well, guys, we've made it to the pre lap, and we'd like to thank Oof. everybody that stuck with us throughout our annual membership drive of the Wide Angle Podium Network. It was a great success. Um, you can go to wideanglepodium.com to see the family of shows. We've told everybody before. And uh, thanks for everyone that came on um, mm-hmm. and signed yeah, up. Thanks so much. And uh, some good news, some good benefits already in the works. We're going to be getting Little Guy a brand new microphone setup. So a uh, little bit less uh, Unabomber uh, setup in his, in his bunker. Oh, uh, I can bring it anywhere I want, though, Tim. That is the best part. You're going to be able to take it anywhere. And get some good on-the-ground recordings. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, no. for uh, signing up and staying with us at thewideanglepodium.com. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, huge thank you to anybody that did donate or become a member uh, in, in any form or fashion. Um, I hope you guys are listening to this show with a little bit 
a little bit more of a sense of pride, a little bit sense of ownership, a little bit, uh, you know, when you swear at your stereo on your commute to work because of something Tim said <laughs> that it you you know that Tim feels it a little bit, like just like a voodoo doll. It's just poking him in the side, yeah, just a no, little no, bit more than normal. it's poking me in my brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right actually what happened. All those okay. members before in April, they're like, God damn it, Tim. And I was like, uh, okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to work out. So no, the, the the drive is always a great, uh, it's, I mean, it's, I know it's a, a thing nobody likes to do. Like we don't like to get on here and, and go on and on and ask you for money, but it is so rewarding to see that feedback come in and know that you guys appreciate what we're doing. And it really, it really does help motivate. So, it is not, it's, it's not an easy task to put, 50 episodes out a year to meet with these schmucks every single week and and have to hear them talk about their really bad cycling takes like you guys it takes a lot out of you it's just what i'm saying and so when you kick in it really makes me feel like it's worth something like i'm doing some good in the world um and uh, really empowering you guys to also uh trash talk them whenever you see them and we're going to have quite a bit of uh, bonus content, I think, coming from this week, Shawami, and maybe maybe live yeah. from yeah. the Rager. It's going to be uh, in the in the back mm-hmm. catalog. Anyway, uh, thank like to thank everybody, and then we'd also like to thank and continued support of Grimper Brothers Coffee for uh, their full Schleck blend. I am seeing lots of positive reviews on the social medias, on the Instagrams, and on the Twitter of uh, yeah. folks getting the full Schleck. Um, waking up a little bit in the early morning. Uh, we did get a uh, quick uh, Facebook question from a uh, friend of the podcast, Swift Cycle co-owner Keith Richards hit us up and said, is it a full Schleck if you're still wearing a base layer? And I can only think that uh, Keith was uh, huh. uh, drinking it's out technical. of that, uh, the full Schleck coffee beans when he came up with that question. So what do you guys think real quick? Oh, 100%. You think so? I'm trying to think back and I feel like the Schlecks we're not big fans of the base. No, they layer. weren't. I feel like we got a lot of chess. It's it's all about the jersey. It's about the mentality. It's about the freedom. It's mm. not about the base layer. All right, all right. Well, but don't you feel like with the base layer, you're, you're hiding something? You're a little repressed. Maybe you have sensitive skin. I don't know. I can't. I can't be. I can't wear be. a base layer because I already have one on permanently. Yeah, it's gross. I'm kind of in the same boat, Timmy. Yeah. So, gross. so go to uh, Grimper Brothers. You can go to WideAnglePodium.com yeah. on the, so, the thanks, tower. Thanks, Grimper Brothers, for sponsoring this podcast. You're going to go to the right, the right <laughs> side. Hey. They're going to go to the right side they of know the we appreciate Wide it. Angle Podium. And you're going to be able to click on the yeah. full Schleck link. Or you can just go to bit.ly slash WAPBeans to order your Grimper Brothers full Schleck. They yeah. take the orders Monday and Tuesday. They brew Wednesday. It's in your hand by the weekend. You're close to the weekend, depending on where you live. But it's good stuff. Very, very smooth system. Smooth operators at Grimper Brothers. Yeah, it's a good system. Indeed. And it's good coffee. And yeah, all, like you said, all the feedback has been great, which is awesome uh, for two reasons. I, I'm really happy that people like it. And I'm really happy that people are supporting Grimper Brothers uh, because they do a whole lot in the cycling scene. That's right. And uh, let me just add one more quick thing before we get out of the preem lap. And that is... Uh, We've been working on something for a little while here. We had some computer difficulties, but we have a new podcast that we're going to be putting together. It's going to be called The Slow Ride Reviews. Um, and pretty excited about this. We have a couple of uh, 
uh, different. We, we get we get a lot of things sent to us that people want us to review. And so we're going to give you some no-nonsense reviews, book reviews, just general conversations. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's other things that people don't know we're going to be reviewing. We're just going to tell you what's cool or not. Um, because we are the arbiters of all things cool and cycling. <laughs> it's true. Sure. And it's it's about time we... We accept well, yeah. that we are. I mean, we it's just, we we're taste makers. It. We're yeah. influencers. We yeah. have almost a thousand followers on our at the Slow Ride Pod Instagram channel. None of them were purchased. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, people do send us stuff or they send us requests a lot, and that's not really what this show is all about. Um, and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to mess up the vibe that we got going on here. So we're gonna do, we're gonna do something a little, a little different, and. Uh, <laughs> Let me just give you guys a little taste of something I got in the mail, and I, I, and sadly you guys didn't get it because they know that you're not a fan as much as I am. But I got myself a Movie Star branded Bordeaux Abyss Lock. Isn't that cool? Come on, is that that's the one it's, that folds up into a weird little yeah? But it's a thingy. Movie Star lock. It, wow, it's yeah. locked in like Movie Star on the podium at the Vuelta. <laughs> uh, Segway. I, I think we'll have to wait until the episode comes out to uh, to give you our feedback on that. Yeah, we'll have to get the full <laughs> yeah, exactly. review. All right, let's get out of this pre-live. We got some Vuelta to talk about. I'm Kerry Warner, and you're listening to the Slow Rock Podcast. All right, so the Vuelta, the Big second rest day is on Monday um, when this is getting edited. So this is going to get you through. And there's so much happening. I don't know where to start other than that Ben King is awesome. The next Grand Tour Hope for America. Um, yeah. I don't understand Miguel Angel Lopez um, at all. But I'm a big fan. You don't understand because of the Saturday not work, not working with, and then with the Nairo. Sunday, just like trying to rip the group apart. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Work with my boy Nairo. Nairo's the man. <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's different finishes, though. You know, uh, Saturday Saturday's finish was super steep and short, right? And and Sunday's was long and not as steep. And it was the it was the same as the crazy stage Contador one last year to go out on a high note. You know. I feel like it was just not. He didn't feel like it was his stage. He was a little afraid. I, he was scared. He was probably afraid of Nairo. Yeah. And today he wasn't afraid of Nairo. No, he was not. But let's. Oh, so no. much to discuss. Thibaut Pino won today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simon Yates is looking good in the red. No, really here's good. my. I know we do this all the time, and we've talked about Yates Brothers Auto in Austin, Texas, or wherever the Yates Brother car dealership is. Which Yates brother is the one that got? The asthma medication? No idea. Like, yeah. Do we know? I I don't know. I think Adam, but I could be wrong. And also... Flipped a coin. I, I am really not digging the helmet that those guys are wearing on that Mitchelton Scott team. That like arrow helmet climbing yeah. the mountain. It's a it little bit too much. What is that thing? It is it's too pretty, big. Yeah. I put the picture up on the Twitter today of Dark Helmet from Spaceballs, and it. I'm pretty sure it's the <laughs> same thing that we're seeing on the Mitchelton Scott, because that thing is ugly. It's... Remember the old Pac Aero helmet that looked like yeah, the Oompa those Oompa were thing? amazing. Those were amazing. I mean, oh, ugh. I feel like part of the problem is that um, 
that's an element that might look a little more normal on your regular Joe that walks into a bike shop and purchases it. But when you put it on the head of a scrawny little climber man who's basically has 3% body fat and his ears look uh, like he's got Dumbo ears because the rest of his body is shrunk down to go up mountains, uh-huh. it it's going to look extra silly. When I, and it, when I saw that helmet, all I could think of was this, cl- this stage is ending on a climb. Please take mm-hmm. off your helmet. Bring back the rule where you could take <laughs> off your helmet on the finishing climb because mm-hmm. this is ugly. What um what what is that helmet? I don't actually know. Uh, you guys know? No, I don't. Uh, no, is it a I Scott? Know. I, I is assume it? it's a Scott. Yeah, yeah, it might be a Scott. Oh uh, yeah, they make helmets. So they made Simon helmets. Yates okay. has got a twenty six right. second lead on Alejandro Valverde, thirty three second on Nairo, and Miguel Angel Lopez is just off the podium by ten seconds, forty three back. The human coat hanger Stephen Kreiswick is in fifth, and a little guy, your Hanging favorite, Enric Moss. Is sitting in sixth place overall, yeah. one fifty-five down, and Thibaut Pino was the big, big winner over the weekend, gaining four spots, two ten down. And the stage, let's not let's not take that away. Iran is a gear, and Emil Emmanuel Buchmann, Spencer's dark horse, in tenth place. <laughs> there you go, and yeah. currently sitting sixteenth well, overall, Rafa Micah. Nice. Let's not forget. And the the big loser this weekend was Kelderman, and we got the time trial coming up. But man, Kel- Kelderman was looking good until Sunday stage, and then pop. Now, um, a little guy, I got it during the week. You called me a couple times when uh, when uh, Jesus uh, uh, Herrera was in the uh, the jersey, and you you were like, "Yeah, man, I think guys, I was hopeful. I think Herrera can do it. I think Kofidis is the I team." Was really. No, I didn't think they were the team. I just wanted that kind of crazy. Thought- I love, I love it when, like, a la Vokler in 2011 or whatever, when uh, he got all the time and they thought they'd just shake him off on the first mountain stage, and he just cl- hung around and was a thorn in all the real GC guy sides. I was really hoping, yeah, uh, he would be, he would just put a wrench in all their plans, and they wouldn't know what to do. It would mess up tactics. It'd be crazy. Um, and that didn't work out. He popped pretty quick. <laughs> he, yes, he did but pop pretty quick. <laughs> I will mention that on the pod last week, when I had to pull a random guy out of the out of the list on Pro Cycling Stats to ask Spencer if he thought he was going to do well, I pulled Harada out, <laughs> strangely, not even really realizing until I listened uh, back to some bits of our last yeah. week podcast and realized I'd done it and was like, wow, look at that. I, I called that sort of. That's <laughs> super bizarre. I know, I didn't even remember. Um, but yeah, he kind of faded quick. I mean, the real cream's coming to the top. This These mountain stages are nuts, man. They're hard. They're not like wimpy tour stages. No, the Vuelta is always... Uh, awesome. Yeah. It sucks that it's so late in the year because it would be so much easier to be excited about it if it was any yeah. other time of the year. Like I, I, I just feel like even though I know uh, it's going to be the the most exciting Grand Tour, uh, if not the uh, you know it's not the biggest, I, it doesn't have the pomp and circumstance of the Giro or the Tour, but it is usually the most wide open. And yeah, I think that's what is it's it just that tough. I hear? It's just tough to keep. It's you tough know, to keep 
to keep interest because it's it's a three week grand tour. It should only be a two week uh, grand tour. Is that what no, I'm hearing? No, no, no. Because you both, you both have claimed that. Don't Tim. Don't try to throw that shade at Spencer, man. You you've said that in the past too. <laughs> of course, I'm the only one who's defended the Vaultus right to be three weeks. I'm not throwing any shade. It's, I'm with Spencer here. It should oh, only okay. be a two week long grand tour because then we would totally have all the interest of the world. No, I, I was Spencer. I it's, it is a little sad. It doesn't get the attention. Yeah, oh. I mean, we've got cyclocross season starting. We've got yeah. mountain bike world championships happening. We've got all kinds of things going on during this race. Um, you know, we've got guys drop out for, you know, training for world championships on the road, yeah. things like that. Like, yeah, it just kind of doesn't get a fair shake. But, but I kind of think the only reason it, is as good as it is in a weird way is because it's so late because you have guys like Nabali there, you know, nobody rides the Giro anymore just to get form for the tour. Right. Right. And in, in that sense, but people ride the Volta guys like Nabali to get form for world championships. So you've got a listers, uh, there who aren't in form, you know, Sagan's not really informed, but there's then there's this weird question mark the whole race. Like you've got a guy like Ben King win in two stages, and somehow Peter Sagan hasn't won a sprint. How you about, know, it's 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 a it's like a cycling bizarro land where all your hopes and dreams can come true. Um, and and you know, look at all the GC guys there. When the race started, there was twenty guys who've or at least twenty plus guys who finished top ten in a Grand Tour before. Not to mention guys like Bookman and Moss who haven't an hour in the running to do it like it's insane like the top 20 could be top 10 in in all these grand tours you know so it's it's loaded i think you're absolutely right i mean look the that finish today when it was those uh 10 riders or whatever it was going together it was awesome because there wasn't a chris froome-esque guy dominating rider with an entire team like astana was like what was astana doing with their tactics you know like there's all this different like things (laughs) going on it was a lot of fun to watch, without a doubt. It's you guys have won me over on this. I'm just uh, yeah, alluding. What, <clears throat> so, what do you guys think now? We got obviously it's pretty close still. Uh, who do you feel going in this last week? Do you think Yates can pull it off? Or I mean, he's Spencer definitely got to be just gonna the favorite, right? Five minutes in the time trial. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Yates. Yates has to be the favorite, I th- I would think at this point. But um, there's got to be a meltdown in there, though, don't you think? It's not my favorite, as I guess what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. But don't you think there's a? What's the well, ideal situation for you right now, Spencer? Like, who do you want to win? Looking so at that top ten, my your- ideal situation, looking at this top ten, is that a dark horse out of nowhere smashing the time trial and probably taking another mountaintop stage at least one if not maybe the rest of all the stages uh tebow pino has yeah. a as a phoenix like rise from the ashes and comes to greatness yeah. in the vuelta uh to win a grand tour that would make my 2018 spectacular but the problem is is that there's some descents along the way he's not a bad descender anymore. That's but, that's old news. Okay, so Spencer, I hear you on that. Um, I think that that would be an ideal world that any listener to the Slow Ride podcast totally wants a Pinot victory. It's only um, two minutes, man. He can do it. No, he can. I mean, yeah, I, just, I think the time trial is really in his favor with those two minutes, man. Like, I don't feel like yeah. those guys above him. I think he's going to put a minute into Nairo Yates 
and and is there and a Valverde. chance that Christ I'm not really sure about Lopez about Christ in his time trialing. He's not that great at time trial. I feel like Pino's better than all those guys. I think not for sure. It's I think it's going to be dicey. You know, like after that time trial, I'm actually interested. I don't want to watch it, but I'm interested <laughs> in looking at the result sheet of this time I, trial. I'm totally um, bummed that the time trial is allowed like Tuesday when I'm still here in town, but Wednesday is when yeah. I'm on the plane up to Minnesota. And so it's like, why can't the time trial yeah. be on Wednesday when I'm on the plane? So like I can just yeah, log no, in when I land and be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. No, I'm, Spencer, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I would like to see Pino do well, but and I, and I think it's actually a really good likelihood of all those do, guys yeah. from the top. Do you 10 think right now. that? I mean, Yates clearly has a good meltdown left in him, right? I mean, like this, right? So, like, see, is he that's going to haunt him forever. That's only happened one. You know what I mean? Like he's had solid races where he didn't totally implode, other than the one time. Uh, uh, little guy, I don't know. I don't know. Is it expected or not? Little you know guy, what I mean? you know, you uh, know what Tim's trying to get at here is he's trying to get one of us to say that Valverde should win this tour. Well, I was hoping that you guys would ask me. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much what podium. I was going to say. Podium. I want, I think podium, I, I want Valverde to win this tour. Um, I don't think of anything God, that can be, be better for growing cycling than to have Alejandro Valverde <laughs> winning a grand tour at 38 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to... The question marks aren't going to... The accusations, the, the message boards aren't going to light up. Well, it's it would be the greatest... It'd be the greatest trolling of any, like, it's just, people don't even understand anymore. Um, yeah. So it would be great to see Valverde win. Obviously, I'm a big fan <laughs> of Nairo. Um, young young kid on the block. Be- let me just say that <laughs> if Enric Moss wins, I would not be disappointed. I will. No, I'd be very excited, like, but it won't happen. There's a chance he could get, he'll get fifth. Okay. Wow. I just... If Valverde can win and there's like a little bit of internal drama, just just a tinge so that like we go into the tour again next year with a whole nother Star drama of five Grand Tour riders and none of them get a top 10. That'd be pretty awesome. And here's the thing, Tim, is um, speaking of the 2019 tour, uh, when Movistar go in with Nairo and Valverde and um, and uh, Landa has moved on, let's say, to another team. So you have um, Carapaz. Who bought out, huh? Who Carapaz. are they gonna and Carapaz. Who are they gonna bring in? Who is the rider? Who is the Grand Tour winner that they're gonna bring? Are they gonna bring Nibali onto Movie Star? Are they no. gonna bring? No, they're gonna bring know, in Enric Moss. Like they're gonna bring in the Spanish guy that's gonna cause the drama, right? Like they need one more Spanish guy yeah. to be like, wait, who are did... we led by a Colombian or are we led by a Spanish rider? <laughs> and then Valverde who has did, to um... choose. Who did Sosa sign for? The guy who's riding for the Andrani NASCAR team. He just he he signed for like Trek or something. He's like the next hot Colombian um, prospect. But yeah, I don't think I he like went to Movistar. That, I couldn't. Remember. I think he went to Trek. That sounds like a a reality TV show that does have legs, little guy. The next hot Colombian. The next. <laughs> the next hot Colombian prospect. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Do you think you know you guys? Uh, Betancourt obviously oh. was. We thought Betancourt was going to be the the first Colombian Grand Tour winner. And now it's a pretty stacked field and that he is down at the very bottom of Colombian Grand Tour winners. Even on the team he's on, he's he's the least likely Colombian Grand Tour winner. Yeah. What do you guys... Th- we haven't talked about him for a while. Tim. We haven't. Um, 
what, what I mean, like, so he looks around and he's got he's got Lopez, he's got Quintana, he's got Sosa. <laughs> he looks around and he like pulls the covers back up over his head in the bus. You know, that's what he does. <sighs> the gummy bear I mean, has not had a good 2018. Isn't he going to another team next year, though? Probably. I'm assuming Moe starts dropping him at this point. No, I mean, he's, I just think he like, did his job at the tour, he, though. Like, he's not, like, he's a decent domestique rider. Like, yeah. He's he's kind of almost know, done what we've always said that TJ should do, right? Be a high quality lieutenant that's there. And it's, yeah. And it's, it's a good just career. It's crazy to th- think of that when, when we first started, suddenly a lot of Colombian riders were popping on the scene. Um, and it was like Iran was kind of riding under the radar a little bit and then Betancourt really it was the the guy who kind of broke out and we were like so oh he man carried the torch from good... Santiago Botero is what you're saying <laughs> uh yeah he kind of carried the torch as the next like Colombian Grand Tour winner and now he's been completely eclipsed and you've got all these guys yeah who m- well, much more hype yeah. you know like I didn't even remember Iran there's so many there's times when you look at the at a mountain stage now and it's just basically all Colombians yeah you didn't even mention and, um, and one guy Sergio from... Hanau but uh I yeah I, I yeah. understand where you're coming Both from I, yeah I'm excited about the rest this this coming week of the Volta it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Peter Sagan, is he going to be dropping out, you guys think, before the World Championships? Because that's the next big thing that's no. happening. World Championships is definitely dialed in for a climber. Um, so I don't know if there's really any point for Sagan to drop out. At, uh, you know, at, I don't think that that course is set up for him. It's just too too difficult. Um, yeah. but I don't know if there is a course that is too difficult. I know, I know. Like, you know, that's like, the trouble. if there's anybody that's going to pull something out of thin air... It's that guy. I I can't see it happening, but I can't discount it either. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I, yeah, I wouldn't bet against it. Probably, I think he'll stay in though because he needs the miles. You know, he needs he needs. There's a lot of climbing coming. Like perfect. Well, it'll be. uh, I'm just waiting. How come he hasn't been in the break? I've been waiting for a sweet like saga in the mountain break. You remember? Years and years ago, when he got in a in a Volta mountain stage break with like Cunego, oh. and and he it took a long time for Cunego to get rid of him, and it was like it was when Cunego was on the way down and Sagan was on the way up, and you're like, holy crap, Sagan's from another world, yeah. yeah. You know, well, let's um, so. let, guys, I'm gonna save you the the drama. But let me just say that I'm absolutely crushing you both in uh, Velo games. I know you probably don't want to talk about yeah. it. And we're already kind of, uh, you know, almost 45 minutes into the pod. So let's just, uh, we'll talk about it later. But you guys are going to be reading some paragraphs. <laughs> that is for sure. So, well, maybe my phone will break that week. Too. Yeah. So we got a couple of emails sent to us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And uh, first one comes to us from Calvin Hoops. Hey, Slow Ride crew. Thanks for another quality pod yesterday. To my great surprise, it seems I won the team naming contest. Not sure how I pulled that off. Feeling a little sorry, not sorry to claim a saddlebag from Carl D after all the effort he made. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to not having to share my current saddlebag between my multiple bikes. Make sure to give Banjo Brothers a big shout out and kudos for them knowing where to market their stuff. I know nice. where I'll be buying nice. my commuter paneer. So uh, Calvin Hoops out of Philadelphia, thank you so much. Thanks, man. And uh, hey, Spencer, you might catch that I live in West Philly, which happens to be where a certain cyclocrosser, Mr. Dan Chabanoff, lives. Mm-hmm. In the spirit of Segway Sam, when are you going to have him on the pod? Well, 
Calvin. You just showed your colors uh, a little bit there. But don't worry, you'll still get your uh, your 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 banjo brothers. We did have Dan Chapman off on the pod from uh, West Philadelphia, and it was a great episode. Yeah, it was back yeah. back a little ways. You know, uh, Dan Chabanoff uh, was has been living in the house that uh, I lived in briefly when I lived in West Philadelphia uh, for about no. three months uh, back in the day, and I was a bike messenger there. And really? how how's his racing? Has he been? Has he had a steep decline in form? I f- Is there? I feel like he's got a little something in the water. Some out of town. Some of my out of town form was left there, and uh, I think he's <laughs> picking it up. I think he's. Uh, I think he's going to do well. Going to mm. have a big. big you weren't season. even racing at that point, were you? Uh, it had to be maybe a little. Two thousand five. Anyway, yeah. I worked. Uh, I worked okay. for American Express uh, delivering packages. It was pretty cool. Nice. I didn't know that. That's a good little uh, history lesson there. Back when Spencer went to Philly, forgot about that time. Yeah, had lives. to ride my bike yeah. over the uh, over the whatever that bridge is uh, over to Camden, New Jersey, to deliver <laughs> stuff to New Jersey. So we from got Kinkos. It was great. Good times. <laughs> Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim Proctor emails us and goes, "Dear Slow Ride." My buddy Jason won the Alma GP entry by guessing 16th place on the 16th stage of the big yellow jumper race in France. In France. Yeah. Thanks, Izagir. That's Izagiri. Tim nailed it. Unfortunately, <laughs> he tore his meniscus in his knee and isn't racing this season, and you guys kindly agreed to let him uh-huh. transfer it to me. After all, I did win the aborted Velo Games Tour de France League. Alma, Michigan is a six-hour drive from home, but I'd been thinking about going for about the last three years, and Scotty D and Mr. David Palin have talked it up quite a bit on Bike Shop CX, and they don't do that in Europe. The free entry and hotel really tipped the balance, and I committed to the weekend, along with my 12-year-old son, nice. Angus. Amazing. So, <laughs> I Jason... I can't believe that gift actually got used and was it worked. <laughs> so, uh... I'm super glad I'm super, it got used. Yeah. That's awesome, because I, I was worried it wouldn't work out. And yeah. I think that, uh, Tim... Thanks so much for the email. We, we've all read it. Um, as you, uh, as a, we'll nail it here, is uh, I realize this is probably too long to read out loud on the podcast, but I wanted you to know how awesome of a cross weekend it was. Thanks again for passing on the prize from Jason. But here's the, uh, <clears throat> here's the kicker um, that I do want to uh, make sure that uh, it gets uh, read up here is a huge shout out goes to JB Hancock, the race promoter. The Alma GP should definitely be on your bucket list. Swag bags and podium prizes were awesome, and the whole event had a brilliant, friendly atmosphere that is exactly what cyclocross is all about. I'm sure that also includes the uh, the uh, podium or the uh, the pontoon boat um, announcing podium <laughs> and uh, yeah. other great things. Uh, Tim, thank you so much, and it's it's great to hear that uh, you you took your uh, son up there as well to race in the junior. So great to hear. Six hour drive for some uh, fantastic. Uh, Cyclocross racing is uh, great to hear, and I'm sure that the folks at Alma GP were happy that uh, you showed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, And then our last email of the week comes to us, and it's, uh, it, it's already killing the, um, the, po- the, uh, the subject line. Sleeveless in Florida. Dear Slow Ride Pod, I've been wondering for years why I get such a stinky look when I show up to a group ride in a sleeveless jersey. I do not do it all the time. <laughs> but I do like to indulge in a sleeveless ride now and then. I've been doing my sleeveless ride more on my own now or when crushing Zwift world to avoid the shunning looks. I will admit, I was once a triathlete, 
and wore some pretty horrible things. That is over now and have not triathloned in a number of years. Can you please explain why the bad feeling exists towards the sleeveless jersey? Is this just an elitist roadie rule? Is this a safety thing to protect the guns should I crash? Please inform me. I know you guys sometimes know stuff. Although it may not be correct, I figured you could give me some guidance. Thanks. Listener since day one and a big fan of Sharky, Graham Partain in Gainesville, Florida. Oh, man. Now, before we get into this, I got to come clean that I have given Graham countless looks when he has shown up in a sleeveless jersey. (laughs) And when we ordered kits for Swift Cycle, one person had to order a sleeveless jersey and we really oh, didn't want to order a sleeveless jersey but graham's a good guy so we <laughs> ordered it for him so there is one sleeveless jersey that is in existence of swift cycle so gentlemen wow. the question is mm-hmm. can you please explain why the bad feeling exists towards sleeveless jerseys is it just an elitist roadie rule is it a safety thing please let me know okay let's let's first let's knock out the safety thing it is definitely not a safety thing there's D- yeah, no, there's, there's no, nothing about a uh, really. half a millimeter of lycra that is good for any sort of safety whatsoever <laughs> anywhere on your yeah. body. <laughs> no, it's it's 100 elitist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's elitist uh, in the right way, right? Like it's elitist <laughs> against triathletes, not not against you know mm. anybody for any other sort of crimes against cycling, but the crime against cycling. Is triathletes. So is it like, it's, so the reason it's a bad thing is because you can then be identified as a triathlete, is what you're saying? Well, huh. Yeah, maybe, I guess. That's part now, of it, I What think. about when you guys have your sleeveless jerseys and you roll up the sleeves to protect down the tan lines? Is that like, like the Chippo? No, see, this, that's, this that's a solo ride the, thing. Chippo was able to get away with that because he was Chippo and he was doing everything else right. But otherwise, you want to cultivate that tan line. You want it to be as crisp and as overly defined as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it should be the crispness, um, perhaps. But the the sleeveless mm-hmm. jersey, it's just... That's I tough. think to me it just doesn't... Like, there's kind of this weird... Like, the, the jersey pokes out in different places, especially if you don't have large guns. Like if I wore a sleeveless jersey, people would be like, who's puny McPunerson over here, right? When Graham rides it, it is definitely a little bit, you know, welcome to the gun show. Um, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and maybe alienate some of our listeners, but I generally believe under no circumstance should any men ever wear sleeveless clothes. It's disgusting. I hate it. Don't do it. Nobody wants to see those freaking things. Um, usually it's just a bunch of hair up there. It just always looks stupid. Uh, women are able to wear like like sleeveless shirts and and look like elegant. And, and, and men just always look like something happened to their sleeves by accident when they were trying to replace the toilet. And it just always looks bad. Um, yeah. It never looks... It never looks classy. I mean, think about it. There's no men's c- clothing that you would ever wear, like out to a nice restaurant that would that would in any way uh, go above, uh, you know, so a little way, you're more saying than a little ways classy. above your 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 argument is based on uh, elegance. They uh, like going on a going on a group ride 
that is functioning properly. Your pace line is rotating through perfectly. Nobody's taking like weird poles or whatever. Um, it is like mm-hmm. a fine dining experience. That this is a black tie yeah. affair. That you you Definitely. are sullying just generally the the mood of the event, the atmosphere. If you show up in your in your plaid yeah. shirt with no sleeves. Yeah, well, just generally. The only okay. the only black tie sleeveless um, suit that I think has ever looked good on a man is Charlie Sheen in the movie Major League, when he slides in and says, "Don't leave home without it," <laughs> and it's the fake American Express advertisement. Great movie, but little guy, I yeah. agree that a sleeveless kit should not be allowed. Are we going to see a fair amount of sleeveless kits in Schwamigan next week? Oh yeah. Uh, I haven't looked at the weather report in Minneapolis. I can tell you guys, it has been lovely and right about 70, 70 to 75 every day. I think, I think, um, so it's been perfect, but maybe a little chilly for the sleeveless, you know? I think the, uh, the point here is that it is a roadie elitist thing because when you transfer over to mountain bike, all bets are off. There's a lot of sleeveless in mountain bikes. Um, there's all, I mean, people wear baggies. Mountain bikes, dude. I'm gonna crush the baggies. I'm gonna look so good in the baggies because we're at a mountain bike race. That's what you wear. It's baggies. I don't understand the baggy thing. What do you? I I don't know, man. I don't get it. You wear? Why do you want to wear? You wear baggies, Tim. You wear baggies on a mountain bike ride. When you're at a mountain bike race, no, you wear your bibs. No, you wear a jersey with Fumic baggies. And Fontana wear baggies every now and then at UCI Mountain Bike World Cups. And, and they are just there riding. And they, let's be honest, they're there riding in tenth to twentieth place every time. But man, is it awesome when they're doing it? I'm trying to, yeah that 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 makes even less sense to me. Like, I want what, more baggies world at the, with that at high level racers. Would that help you go faster in a high level race? I don't. Little guy, where are you going to put your biscuit? You know. Like you got to have your biscuit cake, and if your back pockets they are make... full with your twenty-nine-inch inch tubes because you're riding tubeless, <laughs> then you got to have a place. You got to have a little zippered pocket on your side. I so I have a mountain bike question. Wait, no, let's go back uh, to my baggies. You, you... They are gonna look slick. <laughs> They're gonna look <laughs> svelte. Yeah. All right, what do you got, little guy? What's your mountain bike? Question? Oh, it's just, so I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but at mountain bike races, often um, not a lot of people have saddlebags, but a lot of people have like a tube electrically taped underneath their <laughs> yeah. saddle and it's like why why don't they just get saddlebags and put that tube and that co2 in a small saddlebag is it because they spent three thousand dollars on a full suspension bike like setup and they don't have any more money i just it's not a thing you see at road okay. races i can, a- you know I can answer I mean? this have you ever tried to use your dropper post with a saddlebag on it no, but wouldn't the same thing happen because you have a tube no, under there? No, because the the saddlebag uh, wraps around Close to the, the post. seat post. Yeah, like Velcro's on there. Yeah, but how far are you dropping? All you're the dropping way, baby. You're dropping it to the ground. <laughs> are you kidding me? But there's gotta be there's gotta be a saddlebag. You didn't bag. get a dropper so not to drop it. <laughs> you're telling me that no one has invented a saddlebag that's dropper post friendly. You're you're uh, telling uh, me we've got a, few, a business a opportunity. Few people have a few people have, but they're dumb. They're dumber than electrically taping a tube to your seat. Oh, they're real dumb. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty dumb. Because it it I, when I look over and I'm on I'm on some twenty year old janky crap and I'm like, you got shit taped to your bike, dude. The cool guys uh, actually taped that tube uh, in the for, in the triangle in the front triangle kind of yeah, behind the uh, head I see tube. that too, and yeah. that 
That doesn't ring as cool. Why to not me. just put it in your pocket? The, uh, because your low back's gonna hurt. I don't know. Because you got your pockets are full of goo. Okay, I think Spencer might have a little bit of the advantage of like mountain bike, bike technology culture because he works at a mountain bike, uh, you know, yeah, locale. I think he's right. So he's I think he's about the, right about more. the reasoning. I still think it's silly. I mean, oh, it's totally I, I believe silly. him. Let's get that he's technically right. He's my Wikipedia page for this, and I th- I think it's a true but true edit. Do you think he's telling us? You think it's a true edit? The week out from our big show. Yeah. Okay. The only the only time that anything taped to your bike is ever cool is that picture of Oscar Frere that used to be rolling around where he had like a frame pump like duct tape to the top tube of his Colnago when he was out training. That like, like the, was cool because you knew that I haven't seen that three times. B, you're world like champion. you're saying that it's just passing around what like uh, within the dark web like the, the Oscar Ferrer like <laughs> people used board. to hand it out. Like, oh, man, people you... used to hand it out at Colnago dealers. They'd be like, "It's okay, you can do this." Okay, um, <laughs> guys at Schwamigan, yeah, buy or sell that we're gonna see more than six Kleins on the race course. More than six. Sell. What is the registration? We're about two thousand or so. I think there's twenty eight hundred people, oh, and we're going to be able to walk up and down that those corrals we, where people have their ghost bikes. So. I will buy. I will buy that we'll see more than six. Okay. I hope so, but I don't. I'm not even bringing a climb. That's a, that's a shame. But I. Uh, I live in a climb corner, Spencer. I don't think we're going to see. I don't know. They, you gotta remember I mean, if, the, the, if the, Moose Poop is there, we're gonna see at least four or five right there. Yeah, dude, he he was he was at the cross race today, and he's not riding a Klein. He's got this other bike. Yeah, it's airbrushed. Yeah, the jersey. Don't still ruin airbrushed. this for me, little guy. Do not do this to <laughs> me just, right now. I'm not in the mood. Your, I, can't, I can't handle this right now. Race <laughs> pressure is at an all time high. Schwamigan is just a few days away. I don't need this from you right now. I, I just don't want you to get all excited. I don't want to hear you talking about it in the morning, like while we're eating Cheerios together. Like we're gonna see some climbs in the moose I'm, poop. I'm, and I'm leaving like, the room. I can't. All right, just can't don't get this. don't get your hopes up, Spencer. Wow. <laughs> and with that, we'd like to and thank Spencer's you for gone. listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Make sure you email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com for it. any of your questions and advice that you need, especially if you're wearing a sleeveless jersey on Schwamigan and on a Klein bicycle. You can also find us on you can find us on Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. You can find us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. You can probably find us at um Schwamigan on the Slow Ride Pod. The Slow Ride Pod. Just yell it out. All if right. Spencer even shows yeah, up. I'm back. The clients I'm, aren't I'm, gonna be there. I've reined it in. Um, yeah, definitely say hi to us at Schwamigan if you're there. Show me all your clients. I want I want photos of them. Uh, and also we want to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro. If Tim hasn't done that already, I don't know. I walked away. Uh, but I think we haven't done that yet. But make sure you also hit us up for directions to the Rager at my parents' house the last weekend <laughs> they're going to own it. And we're never coming back to again again. This is a one time yeah. only event. Um, so we're going to need to find oh, an wow. event for next year to go to. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe it's the Hincappy Grand Fondo. I don't know. Maybe we'll work on that. But uh, anyways, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in beautiful Minneapolis. And this has been Spencer in Boston reminding you to Always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road, sleeves or not. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source.
theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at theslowridepod.